This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Today is Thursday, November 19th, 2020. On this day in 1998, President Bill Clinton's impeachment inquiry began. President Clinton was charged with lying under oath and obstruction of justice. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a Spotify original from Parcast. Due to the graphic nature of today's crimes, listener discretion is advised. Extreme caution is advised for listeners under 13. Today we're covering the first of several hearings which ended in the impeachment of President Bill Clinton. Now let's go back to Washington, D.C., around 10 in the morning, as the impeachment inquiry convened. The mood in the courtroom was dour. Judiciary Committee Chairman Henry Hyde ran through the opening remarks, reminding the committee of the agreed-upon format for the day's proceedings. As he spoke, cameras cut between stern-looking Republicans and the president's counsel, who seemed to wear a permanent frown. From the beginning, the committee was at one another's throats, fighting over the fairness of the hearing and the absurdity of the inquiry. The tension was tangible. The past several months had caused an irreparable rift between the Republican and Democratic parties. But no one felt sicker than a young Monica Lewinsky, who sat watching the trial at the Watergate Hotel where she was staying with her mother. The accusation that President Clinton had lied under oath stemmed from testimony in which he denied that he had a sexual relationship with her. Over the past year, Lewinsky had been called every sexist, slanderous name in the book, though she said that the most hurtful moniker was that woman. She watched as the Democratic Party rallied around Clinton, the most powerful man in the world. Meanwhile, she had been mocked by late-night hosts, cheaply impersonated by sketch comedy actors, and ridiculed in the news. Thanks to the advent of the internet, she had the unfortunate distinction of being one of the world's first viral news stories. Lewinsky has since divulged that at the time she was so depressed, her mother was forcing her to shower with the bathroom door open, lest she hurt herself. She was just 22 years old, a fresh college graduate, and she'd fallen in love with a man more than twice her age, Bill Clinton, while interning at the White House. Lewinsky faced the most scrutiny for her relationship with Clinton, but hers was not the only scandal the president faced. Clinton had already been accused of sexual assault by two former female employees. He also allegedly carried on a 12-year affair with a lounge singer named Jennifer Flowers. 
These accusations showed that Monica Lewinsky was not a temptress. She was a young woman betrayed by supposed friend Linda Tripp and outed by a vindictive Ken Starr. She was used by the Republican Party and abandoned by the White House. Yet even when pressured by the FBI, she refused to give up her former lover. In fact, some would say her loyalty saved Bill Clinton's presidency. In a moment, an in-depth look at Clinton's impeachment trial. Listeners, here's a new show I can't wait for you to check out. When it comes to love, every story is unique. Some play out like fairy tales, seemingly meant to be. Others defy the odds to achieve happily ever after. In Our Love Story, the newest Spotify original from Parcast, you'll discover the many pathways to love, as told by the actual couples who found them. Every Tuesday, Our Love Story celebrates the ups, downs, and pivotal moments that turn complete strangers into perfect pairs. Each episode offers an intimate glimpse inside a real-life romance, with couples recounting the highlights and hardships that define their love. Whether it's a chance encounter, a former friendship, or even a former enemy, our love story proves that love can begin and blossom in the most unexpected ways. Follow Our Love Story free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Now back to the story. On November 19th, 1998, the impeachment inquiry for Democratic President Bill Clinton finally began. The proceedings marked a major PR victory for the Republican Party. There's an old saying in the Washington Beltway, when Democrats lose, they get sad. When Republicans lose, they get mad. When Clinton won the presidency in November of 1992, Republicans in Washington did not take it well. Clinton was charismatic. To this day, he's considered one of the best politicians alive. Before him, Republicans had controlled the White House for an astounding 12 years. But Clinton's youth and charm revitalized the Democratic Party. For the first time in history, Democrats controlled the White House, Senate, and House of Representatives. Before 1992, there had never been a blue house on the Hill. This, of course, spelled trouble for the Republican Party. A Washington insider named Kenneth Starr began looking for a way to oust Clinton from office. Starr first went after the president on Whitewater, a scandal that has since become synonymous with prosecutorial abuse. Essentially, the Clintons made a bad real estate investment with then-business partner Jim McDougal. When the nearly $3 million deal went belly up, McDougal tried to recover funds through fraudulent means. His scheme ended up costing the government $73 million. 
Prosecutor Ken Starr was positive the Clintons were involved in the scandal and investigated them aggressively. But after a year of tireless digging, he turned up with nothing. Meanwhile, in 1994, a year into his presidency, a young White House intern named Monica Lewinsky met Clinton for the first time, shaking his hand at an event in the Rose Garden. The details of their affair have been well documented. Their relationship became physical in 1995 and was on and off until 1997. In April of 1996, Monica was transferred to the Pentagon. At the time, Clinton had told her that people were beginning to talk about how friendly they were and felt it was safer for her to leave the White House. He promised to bring her back the second he'd won re-election. But when that didn't happen, she realized a heart-wrenching truth. Clinton had only continued the affair to keep her quiet during the campaign. She'd been had. Frustrated, she confided in a woman named Linda Tripp, who she believed was a friend. She had no idea that Tripp was secretly recording their calls and helping Ken Starr build a case against President Clinton. By the end of 1997, news about the affair broke, and it became clear to everyone that Starr and his people had a smoking gun. Over the next few weeks, things unraveled quickly. A recorded phone call between Lewinsky and Clinton revealed that they had both agreed to deny the affair, believing there was no proof of the liaison. Lewinsky signed a false affidavit denying any encounters between her and the president. At the time, she had no idea that Linda Tripp had already turned over hours upon hours of taped phone calls between her and Lewinsky, wherein Lewinsky discussed the affair in detail. On January 16, 1998, Lewinsky sat at the food court in the Pentagon Mall, waiting to meet with Tripp. When she showed up to meet her, she had two FBI agents in tow. Lewinsky, terrified, followed the agents to the Ritz-Carlton Hotel, which was attached to the mall. They entered hotel room 1012 around 1 p.m. that afternoon. Lewinsky instantly asked for a lawyer, but the FBI talked her out of it. There, a lawyer from Ken Starr's office accused her of obstruction of justice, signing a false affidavit, conspiracy, and witness tampering. She was threatened with more than 20 years of jail time, unless she was willing to betray the president. After hours of crying hysterically and shutting down emotionally, Lewinsky asked to call her mom. According to later interviews, the prosecutor said, You're 24. You don't need to call your mommy. You need to make a decision. And so Lewinsky said no. She would not cooperate. Starr's team was stunned. Secretly, they knew that there was no way Lewinsky would ever serve time for a false affidavit about a sex scandal. But they'd assumed they could intimidate her into helping them catch Clinton. 
Over the next 11 months, the details of the infidelity made international news. Clinton distanced himself from Lewinsky publicly. The entirety of Washington, D.C. used her as a scapegoat in one way or another. But in refusing to cooperate that day, she bought the Clinton administration valuable time to build a defense against the pending charges. Others who may have been dragged into the scandal were saved. Ultimately, though he was impeached, Clinton stayed in office until 2001, leaving with a 65% approval rating, higher than any president since Truman. Meanwhile, Monica Lewinsky is still largely regarded as the other woman. That woman. The woman with the blue dress. Exactly 22 years ago today, an impeachment inquiry began that was intended to bring down a president. Instead, it destroyed the woman who had stood by him and met the tidal wave of scrutiny with courage beyond her years. Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. If you're interested in hearing more about this and other political scandals, check out Political Scandals only on Spotify. Today in True Crime is a Spotify original from Parcast. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime is a Spotify original from Parcast. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Juan Borda, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Bruce Katovich. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Aaron Lan, with writing assistance by Alex Benedon. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Don't forget to check out Our Love Story, the newest Spotify original from Parcast. Every Tuesday, discover the many pathways to love, as told by the actual couples who found them. Listen to Our Love Story, free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.